Tones, I have a very, very important question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Do you like trades? You betcha! I've got some great news. We're about to make podcast history. But first, cue that music. I'm like sweating right now. (laughs) It's been a busy couple hours for you. There are some trades tones that started to come to fruition yesterday. um, And I was having conversations with probably half the league, yourself included. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm like shaken. Like, I can't (laughs) believe that I'm in this position right now because I got guys texting me legitimately mad. And I'm I'm honestly kind of pissed off that they're mad in the first place. Like, I'm actually kind of rattled. So I'm just going to try to compose myself for a sec because... I'm on the mic and we decided to record and I'm not going to stop. So let's just put it this way, Tones. I made some deals. Yeah. And if you are uh, sitting in your apartment or in your home at 9.45 p.m. on this fine Tuesday, you'll see that nothing has gone through yet. And that's because there are three deals waiting in my team's inbox waiting to be pushed through. So with all that said, Tones... Money trees off the top. Oh, yeah. I'm making it rain with trades. I don't know if there's anyone left on my squad, (laughs) and we'll talk about that later. But why don't we jump in right away with the first trade, which is the biggest trade. And this is the one that's going to generate the most conversation between you and I because of the ramifications with Dan. Let's start with DJ Moore. Tones, I traded DJ Moore, a 12th and a 13th pick, to you for a first a sixth, and that's it. You're dropping some guy. Some guy. Ryan Tannehill, see ya. Let me quickly throw it to you, your thoughts, and then we'll come back to me. My initial thought is I'm like CRG was chirping himself for always having the same guys. I just keep ending up with the same guys. I always have Devontae Parker. It's like my third time owning, second time trading for DJ Moore in my lifetime. Uh, Crazy, man, crazy. If you were to tell me four weeks ago that I was trading at first for DJ Moore, I would have said... You're nuts because I did not think he was going to be good this year, but clearly through four weeks, that's not the case. Um, It's a hefty price to pay. It's very rare we've seen the two picks for one, especially this early in the season, but you had the advantage of being the only seller, being the early seller, so you were able to squeeze out some extra value, and I think it's a win-win for both teams. I do. Here's the twisted thing. You and I have been talking about DJ Moore for a week. Nothing was really set in stone until sometime this afternoon when we really hammered down that it was going to be a first and a sixth. Dan told me, do not make any trades until you come to me. Mm -hmm. I will beat it. And he did. He originally offers me a first and a fourth. That was the deal, which is better than your sixth. And then at the 11th hour, before I fully pull the trigger with you, he goes first and third. And I'm sitting there. After already making a handshake agreement with you, wondering, what the hell do I do now? I can't pull out of this deal. Part of this, all of this, is on the fact that I agreed to a deal too early. Because I am losing three rounds worth of value because I just want to be a gentleman in this. However, I will say this, and this is the very important detail that unfortunately Dan is not currently understanding, is that I'm banking on you tones, and this is going to be interesting, Mm -hmm. being worse in the end than Dan. Because if I look at some of the powerful teams in the league and then I look at your record with Dan and I believe it's Ryan on your schedule in the next couple weeks or is it Nick? I don't know. You have a tough couple weeks coming ahead and we'll get to that more in the matchups when I can actually look at your squad. But if you fall to one and five with the fewest points for in the league, even with DJ Moore, you may just blow it up yourself. Dude, I and this was my big sell to you is that like there is a I'm one and three right now. Okay. If my squad isn't healthy next week, this is why I was so desperate to get this done this week because I literally just needed a healthy wide receiver to start this week. I needed Lockett and somebody else that is an actual viable fantasy player. I cannot start Brian Edwards again. So if that doesn't happen and these guys don't come back healthy and my roster is still depleted this week, it's one in four. And then I'm in deep shit. If I'm one in five by some bad luck, I just have a down week. I put up a decent number, but still lose. The uphill battle for me might not be worth it, and I might end up be selling. My inspiration for this was Dan last year, um, and I think it was Rich who was the other one who was giving up seconds, was selling in one week, was uh, buying the next. 
it's early enough to take a gamble like this on a first rounder and just say, fuck it. And you could be the beneficiary of that because no matter what, I'm not getting my first back from you. So you will have my most valuable first. I could be selling off Tyler Lockett for a first or even DJ Moore for a first, but it's going to be like the eighth, ninth pick most likely. The reason why Dan's team fell apart last year was because of injuries. He was injury riddled. He has a good team right now. He's going to make trades. He is going to buy from someone. He will find players. I do have confidence in his team being good. And the first round pick being a potential lottery pick is what sold it to me. So some people are going to look at this and think, is this collusion? How dare he take a pick that's three rounds less? And all I'm saying, because I know that conversation is going to be have all I'm saying is I'm making a trade with a guy who I made a handshake agreement with which is kind of on me but at the end of the day I'm doing it because I think one pick is going to be better than the other yeah and I need help there let's move Ra- on last thing on that Go Ryan's ahead. not Ryan's team right now if you didn't have two picks in the first four that's all you need to be thinking about right now and that was my big sell to you and I was truthful about that I'm not, I'm not spitting you bullshit it's real so, Tones, I'm going to go into the league, yeah. and I'm going to click on the trade with more tutties for Tones. Oh! And I am going to scroll down to accept the trade. As Yahoo says, are you sure? I say yes. And just like that, our History. first trade has been pushed through. Dude, DJ Moore's turf toe injury this week is going to be fuego. Get excited. Oh, baby. Welcome to the curse squad, DJ. I can't wait. All right. And next up, Doris. Just getting loose. On. Next up. I trade two players, one of whom has been on my team for years, and I am just getting rid of all of the boys' tones. Chris Godwin, Josh Jacobs are now gone, plus my ninth and tenth, and they go to Rich for a second, a fourth, and the piece that pulled this thing together for me, Jalen Waddle. Your boy. A couple things to talk about here, because we have another team who's been insulted by my antics in the last 24 hours, and it's Franco. Hmm. Franco was asking about Chris Godwin. I told Franco that there was a second on the table already for Rich. Rich, a team who, truthfully, I feel like is going to be one of the best teams in the league this year. When I traded Odell and Jonu to Rich last year, Rich gave me his second. That turned into the 11th overall pick this year because Rich won the league. I think Rich has the potential to be really good. So Mm. to me, Rich's second is worth more than Franco's second. When Franco asked, how can I sweeten the deal? With a mid-round pick, when I offered my... Seventh to when I asked for a seventh, he asked for my eighth back. Uh, listen, <laughs> I don't want to start dealing with picks where they're six pots away from each other. Right. With Rich, it was simple. He then asked for Jacobs. His value right now is a fourth. And even that is a little high. But you know what? Rich goes for his guy. Rich gets his guy. And I wanted Waddle. Mm-hmm. Waddle is the exact type of guy that I'm looking for. I want youth. I want a guy who's going to be there for me next year. Jalen Waddle is going to be nothing this year. I said this earlier this season. The Dolphins offense is a mess. Yeah. One of the worst in the league. They're going to win games on their defense maybe, but their offense is bad. Waddle being on my roster for 2022 is the key. So Godwin, Jacobs, gone. I get Waddle. I get a second and a fourth. And in a matter of a day, I've now collected a first, a second, and a fourth. But Tones. Not only did it not end there, but I'm just saying I've got no talent left. No. We are shipping off all sorts of talent at this point. And that's all good. This is you're 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 should you should be doing. I'm not gonna tell you what to do here, but like you should be doing you're getting ammo right now. Doing what Ryan did last year. Here's a bunch of ammo. You wanna go get a young guy? Hey, I got multiple seconds now. Here it is. Take him. He traded a third for CD Lamb last year. It was a great move. He's not where he's at right now without that deal. Um I love the Waddle thing, going back to that. Will Fuller's a UFA. He has not even seen the field with this team. It's going into week five here. He's probably not coming back. The wide wide receiver one opportunity there for Waddle to just step in next year is very, very much in play for that kid. And I like him, man. So far, I've like, he's kind of passed the eye test a little bit. He's been better than what I thought he was. But uh, yeah, we got to talk about the next one, Doris, because... I like this one. It's it's the much maligned Mike Davis. <laughs> we do. Let me just confirm that I'm accepting the trade oh, with yes. Yahoo. I'm pushing it through as the second trade goes. And I love this. Can we do this every week? Can you just start trade. S- just selling off dudes for sevens just to, just so we can do this live? <laughs> now I have two empty spots on my roster, says, uh, says Yahoo. But here we go. We're going back to the third trade. And yes, just like that, Tones, Mike Davis. I got something. For Mike Davis. And it's not a pick. No, it's not a 12th round pick from someone. 
It's not cash considerations, Tones, or a player to be named later, no. It's Michael Carter, who I accidentally tonight called Aaron Carter, <laughs> without even really knowing it. Remember Aaron Carter? That's how I beat Shaq. I've, great track. Great track. I've traded Mike Davis for Michael Carter straight up one for one with Ryan, which is the most Ryan trade ever. Mike Davis has more fantasy points than Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis's value could not be lower right now, much like Josh Jacobs's value could not be more in the toilet. I think what Ryan's looking at here is as a guy who will eventually plow in touchdowns and get more than 10 points a week, which he's not doing right now. And now Mike Davis anyway is his fifth running back. It really doesn't matter. Michael Carter for me is another shot at a young guy. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to build. I'm trying to look forward. And now I have more youth and picks than I've had in a really long time. So the most Ryan trade ever results in another keeper of mine being traded. And that's it, Tones. Ryan needed some RB depth. He's got three right now. It's Najee Eckler, obviously. Daryl Henderson, who's in his flex most weeks. He has his handcuff sort of slash timeshare and Sony Michelle. And after that, it's now going to be Mike Davis. You improve that spot for him. I don't love Mike Davis. I think he's fucking, you're never going to be confident starting him. But like, if it's going to cost you a guy like Michael Carter, who's probably at this point, a waiver wire guy. And for you, an upside, let's just Hang on to him for a handful of weeks and see what happens. Um, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. The Jets' backfield is a complete... It's a mess. It's a bunch of washed dudes, basically. Someone will emerge. At some point this year, someone's got to take the reins there. The thing is, is they draft this kid and there's really no... I'm not scared of Tevin Coleman and I'm really not scared of Ty Johnson. As you know, I don't like Ty Johnson. And even though I liked him once upon a time on a waiver wire, but... Good times. Michael Carter's going to get a chance to at least try to claim that spot, and they're going to give him the whole year to figure it out. We talked about Michael Carter when I was talking about Javante Williams mm. after the week one pod. I love Javante Williams. I didn't love Michael Carter. But in the Jets' zone running scheme, maybe Michael Carter can do kind of the things that we 100%. can expect out of a starting running back, at least an RB2. It gives me a shot. Do I look at this as a keeper? Do I look at nah. Waddle as a keeper? Nah. No, I don't know, but I'm at least taking as many shots as I can Take while a also collecting the picks. Totally. And maybe Carter has a starting role later and I trade him to somebody else. There you go. We'll see. But anyway, as I go and click accept the trade, this one also gets, gets pushed through and now tones i've changed my team name to the giving tree which i don't know if you've ever read it before but it's a great children's book where basically the tree gives and gives and gives and i am selling selling and selling so we recap tones i finish now after this crazy 24 hours with a first a second a fourth and a sixth and jalen waddle my final thoughts to recap this entire Mm -hmm. thing it hurts getting rid of Guys like DJ Moore and Chris Godwin, who are young guys with a lot of talent, guys that I think have a lot of upside, but are they keepers at the end of the year? I just don't know the answer to that. I'd rather take my shots, get my picks now, and if something emerges later in the year with a guy like, for example, a Cam Akers, a Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase from Rob, someone who has a lot of other players and is willing to give up youth and talent, much like Ryan did with CD last year. It's week five. There are ten. There are eight or nine weeks to fix holes that I have in terms of my keepers, and I'll just be more active in doing that. That's where I'm at. Uh, take a breath, Wusa. Yeah, yeah. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Good work, buddy. You did good. This is you're done. Like you're literally finished. You don't need to sell anybody else. You can just kind of chill. Your draft's gonna be fine. You have keeper options, like you just mentioned. Um, The thing about the risk from the buyer's perspective, if I am me, Rich, and well, less so with Ryan, but let's talk about me and Rich and Dan and all these other guys that maybe missed out. I mean, this is the gamble about taking, about doing this so early. And this is what I'm kind of nervous about. What if these guys get hurt? It is only week five. What if their roles change? That can absolutely happen, right? Yeah. Like DJ Moore's had an injury history. Chris Godwin was banged up all last year. He frustrated the hell out of me. Like these guys are no guarantees. Like Josh Jacobs is already kind of like banged up, but like you're just hoping that things turn around for that guy and that somehow, some way they just come to Jesus and say, feed me the rock. <laughs> um, the advantage that the other guys have and I mentioned this to you when we were in trade discussions a couple uh, a couple days ago, I think. Nick last year, if I remember correctly, was not late to the party, but I think he was like 
on a tape delay for like five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone sold the big first round picks and then he swoops in and somehow pulls off the blockbuster and ends up with Tyreek Hill and then somebody else massive, right? With Rich. That was that big, huge trade. Yeah. And look what happened, right? His team was a fucking juggernaut. Rich wins big in that deal too, getting Stefan Diggs. Was that that deal or was that a separate deal? No, the Diggs deal was elsewhere. Diggs deal was elsewhere, but they came around the same time and it was kind of closer to the trade deadline. They yeah. didn't happen early. I was the guy that did this early last year and I was going, man, like, did I do this too early? Should I have just waited and save that first for the Tyreek Hill or the Stefan Diggs? I probably should have. So that's the gamble us early guys take. And for the guys that missed out right now, there's going to be other opportunities. I might be the guy to give you that opportunity at some point. Franco's kind of on the fringe too. There's CRG's kind of on the edge. Like there will be more sellers. Everyone take a fucking breath. I took my breath. I think I need another one because my heart is still racing from this. I'm just trying not to piss anybody off. I just tried to do what was best for my team. And for the record, I didn't use anybody to do that. So here we go. We move on. We've got power rankings tones. But before Ooh. we do that, we will do the matchups. And we start with what I deemed to be. One of the biggest matchups of the week. You had something to say there. No, I just love that we're doing power rankings again because it's just more opportunities to piss people off in this league. It's great. No kidding. Love it. Rob defeats Rich. Rob moves to three and one. Rich falls to two and two. One forty four for Rob to one eleven. We start with Rich and Bad because there are some injuries to talk about here to his backfield. Let's start tones with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook returned. But he kind of didn't. He had 44 yards total in the game. But this is the important part. He limped off at some point. I think it was the early third quarter and didn't really play much for most of the second half. Not good. Um, hopefully he didn't re-aggravate. I haven't really seen much updates on it. But this is concerning if you're rich, right? Like this is exactly what you're afraid of with Dalvin Cook and probably why he was ready to sell him four weeks ago. The Madison factor works in here. We saw Madison put up 20 points, and I know Dalvin Cook is a specimen. I mean, you watch Chuba fill in for Christian McCaffrey, and it's just not the same guy. But when Madison fills in, he somehow puts up points. And as long as Dalvin Cook is around for when Rich needs him the most, which is the push to and the conquering of the playoffs, I'm actually not so worried with Madison as the handcuff there. Now, is he going to be as effective as a runner? Of course not, but he's still going to get plenty of opportunity. As long as Dalvin Cook is on Rich's team from week, let's just say 14 onwards, I'm okay with it right, for Rich because right. I think he's still going to put up points. Mm -hmm. He's got great players. He just got Godwin and Jacobs. I think that Gritch has a really good team. So as long as Cook is healthy later, I think this is okay. Well, this might make it tougher for him to win in the near term. Montgomery also out now four to five weeks. That injury, watching on Sunday, I texted him immediately. I'm like, oh boy, that didn't look good. And I honestly thought his season was over. I was with Rich. I have him in another league and I was very much relying on him in that league. And I was like, man... He's done. Like, there's no way. Thankfully, only four to five weeks. That's a big, big W. Maybe he can swing Damian Williams. We're taping this on Tuesday, so no fab yet. But if he can swing at Damian Williams, man, he's going to be fine. But, um, yeah, it's not good to have your two best running backs. No, actually, is Taylor, was Monty better than Taylor this year, would you say? Uh, I don't know the points. I'm going to say probably not. Okay. Well, whatever. Your 1A and 1C running sure. backs being out is tough. And now Jacobs will have to start and hopefully he's productive for Rich. Rich has $52 left, Tones. I ask you this. How many dollars does he spend on Damian Williams? And you can say this. Because $52 left. Gronk was 20 Who the fuck else? Um, four to five weeks. I don't know. 10 bucks. All right. 10 bucks. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, 10 bucks. We are going to move to Rob and Tones. It may be a uh, controversial opinion this week, but we've decided to give our Greg Jennings Performer of the Week Award. Fuck it. You can't stop me. Saquon is making big plays, Tones, and if you're Rob, you like to see it. His stat line this week is 126 total yards with two touchdowns. Was he the highest scorer? Certainly not. In fact, he was almost doubled by Tyree Kill, who we'll talk about once we get to Nick. Austin Eckler puts up more points, but... Not only does it swing the matchup for Rob and give him a very decided victory, but also Saquon Barkley also feeling like he's getting the comeback player of the week slash year yes. award with this. How would you feel if you're Rob right now? Uh, I'd feel really good. I watched that whole game. He torched my team. I was pissed. I lost a lot of money this week on the fucking Saints. God damn it. Uh, thanks, Saquon. He looked great. He looked fucking back. Um, the workload was there. They were feeding him. He was on the field a lot. They weren't really, it didn't look like he was on much of a pitch count. And he looked really good. He rattled off like a 47-yard catch and run. He looked fucking awesome. Um, he was a beast. Uh, so R Rob should be very excited about that. The next guy I want to talk about here, 
This is the one I think is really interesting. Debo Samuel is a fucking machine. I'm pretty sure he's the wide receiver three right now on Check, the season. Checking it right now. Like, the dude dropped 31 points this week, okay? He had 27 week one. He had 13 week two, seven week three, 12 targets, eight catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns this week. One was on a busted coverage. It was like 77 yards. It was huge. Where is he, Doris? You got it? Yeah. Debo's third with 79 points amongst wide receivers. Tyreek Hill has 85, 87 for Cooper Cup. Right behind Debo with five points behind him, DJ Moore, Cordero Patterson. Absolutely anyway. nuts. I like I is this for real? Like I don't know. Like I just I didn't love Debo coming in. I thought Ayuk was going to be significantly better. I thought Kittle's there. They love using the running backs. There's not enough mouths to feed to have three pass catching guys that are uh, regularly fantasy relevant. And all of a sudden, here's fucking Debo Samuel, the cheapest one out of all three, just lighting it up. Like it's a great point, the cheapest one. I think as long as you're in Kyle Shanahan's good books, he's going to feed you. I think that once you work your way out of the doghouse, he'll give you more opportunities. And Brandon Ayuk is eventually going to be more involved, right? First round pick last year, very talented. We know what he's capable of. But if Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to feed these guys because they're not working hard enough in practice. Debo will be good and this good for as long as that's the case. Now, my gut tells me that this will fade eventually, Mm. but clearly Debo Samuel has proven that he's going to be a very valuable member of this offense and a wide receiver two or better for Rob for the remainder of the season. Mm. It'll be interesting to watch that. I don't know. Not sold yet. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm waiting for. Question (laughs) for you. Do we take Clyde Edwards-Alaire off the washed list Watch list because just one week after we said he wouldn't do it again, he puts up a hundred yards on the ground again. Tones, yeah, uh, we got to take him off the watch list. I we think he's, to. I think he's caught two receiving touchdowns in that span, too. Um, Yahoo won't tell me. Um, I'm gonna stop banging on that drum. I really am. It's probably getting so annoying, but it's just so fucking ridiculous. Um, Yes, I, you got to take it like he's he's bounced back in a major way. I didn't see it coming. I'm surprised. Maybe he's getting the squeaky wheel treatment, right? Like everyone's everyone's down on him. He fumbles in prime time. And now the Chiefs really want to, hey, we need this guy come playoff time. Let's get his confidence back up and feed him and get him going in the red zone and get him finding pay dirt and getting a little confidence back. Rob could not be, speaking of confidence, I mean, Rob could not be more confident and mm. happier with his team. I got to be honest, Tones, he's 3-1 and one and in third place, but I'm still kind of expecting him to sell as of tomorrow I'm morning. I'm fully expecting it. I'm just waiting for it. I'm waiting for like one down week from Debo Samuel where he has like three points and he's like, fuck it, this is stupid. Fantasy's dumb. I'm over it. Who wants Debo Samuel? And then Dan sends 18 picks to him. Our next matchup, who are we moving on to now? Uh, CRG. He defeats Franco. CRG is now 2-2. Two and two. Franco falling to 1-3. 128-119 to 119 is the final in this one. CRG entering Sunday Night Football down 10. He had Evans and your boy Suckup. I don't know why he's your boy. I just like saying his name. <laughs> uh, Franco's side had Nelson Aguilar. Mm. That is a mismatch. Yes, CRG pulling out the win by 9 points. Um, okay. The thing we got to talk about here with Franco, we just, I want to find ways to not really pick on Franco every week, but like, it's just, sometimes it's just, it's just falls in our lap, man. Nick chirps him for not starting. Hey, Franco, you should have done your two tight end strategy this week and started Dawson Knox after his first touchdown, first of two touchdowns. Franco goes, 1.03 PM, I went to go do it and it was too late. Franco, we know when the games are, man. They're every Sunday, 1 PM Eastern. It's the only time zone we live in. You can't find a time on Saturday night to set your lineup. Takes two seconds. They couldn't make it easier for you. I know you got two babies at home. Life's busy. I understand. We all have our phones that are attached to our fucking wrists. Set the lineup. You got to push literally. Boop, boop. Done. Knox is in your flex. You know what's funny about that is that I admitted on this very program that I forgot to set my lineup last week because I was hiking somewhere in Milton. You guys are clowns. I know. Wake up. But I don't, that's not the the point that I want to harp on or make. I just think it's interesting that he wanted Dawson Knox in his lineup. Mm -hmm. For who? For Devin Singletary, who he had in there instead? Like, I understand. Like, 18 points on paper looks really good from Dawson Knox, but the only reason why he has 18 points is because it's two touchdowns. When you have a touchdown-dependent tight end tones, you can't look at it and say, oh, I wish, because you don't know. You have no clue when these guys are going to go off. And if Knox goes off for four targets, two catches, and 20 yards next week, doesn't find the end zone, I'm not shocked. It's the infatuation with the tight ends (laughs) and the potential inclusion of Dawson Knox, I'm sorry, of Robert Tunyon in a deal with me. (sighs) I don't really, it's not very enticing. So it's not the 
did he set his lineup or not? It's the, I can't believe he keeps want to, wanting to put all these tight ends in his flex. I do like Dawson Knox. I thought he was a really good start this week. I was looking at him. I ended up electing for Gasicki over him. Gasicki was fine, but it wasn't Dawson Knox good. So I was disappointed in that. But so I, I was with him. I was like, yes, I know the yardage wasn't there, but against Houston, I felt like they were going to smash and he would at least find the end zone at least once. He scored last week, now scores twice this week. I don't know. I think he would have been a better start than Singletary. That's for sure. And especially in that matchup. Um, I think everyone knew it was kind of becoming the Zach Moss show a little bit. And Singletary had a solid day at nine points. It's not terrible, but um, I thought it was the right play. Like I really did. Obviously, I would have put Pittman in there. Um, and he only ended up with eight. So maybe Franco's just better at this than me. But um, I don't know. Just start. The, if you want to start a guy, just make sure you start him. I start don't know. the guy. It's pretty weird. He's starting James Robinson. And James Robinson is proving you and I wrong over the last couple weeks. So is he back tones? He had 76 yards. I think that's total this week and two touchdowns. It equals 20 points. I would, I'm, be, I'm willing to make the case now mm. after, you know, a few weeks have gone by. The Jags offense couldn't have been worse before. And now it's seeming to, I mean, I don't know if they're going to have their head coach as of tomorrow morning because that's a whole different Whoa, story boy. that we did. We dropped from our show lineup because we had to talk about trades off the top <laughs> here, but I digress. Mm-hmm. I think that Robinson maintains his value as long as the Jags offense is clicking because the threat of a few good receivers in the end zone with Trevor Lawrence is one thing, but then I do think that if they get down there in the red zone within five yards, this is just going to be the James Robinson show. That's what it's looked like so far. This week, Carlos Hyde was a last second scratch. So I don't know if they even had another running back dressed. I'm sure they did, but they obviously, you know, know who trusts their third string running back. Um, Carlos Hyde's been getting work. Nine rushing attempts week one. He only had two week two and a they were coming from behind the entire game. So that was James Robinson show and eight the week prior in week three. He somehow gets a ton of work. So if he's back next week and it's more of a 60 40 split, that's the issue with Robinson. I don't dislike James Robinson as a player. I did not like him this year because James Robinson sucks. It's just they're going to use Carlos Hyde. It's inexplicable. It's fucking stupid. What what is Carlos Hyde giving you that like you can't do you like James Robinson can't give you? It's absolutely silly. So maybe Robinson proves in this game, hey, I'm the fucking guy. I'm your bell cow. Let's fucking go. Sit this Carlos Hyde dude down. Or it's just back to what it was next week. And maybe the late scratch on Hyde is we've now seen three weeks worth if you're the Jags coaching staff, which is a new staff, and you're looking at it being like, well, what we saw in the preseason and and training camp is clearly not the reality. Mm -hmm. Robinson is clearly better than Hyde, and that's the guy that we're going to roll with, which I think might be the case. I got to ask you about Alvin Kamara's. And I'll let you break it down because you were all over the Saints game on the weekend. Kamara had a good game. Uh, 12 points. It's fine. Uh, First game ever. He's gone over 24 carries. He had 26 in this game. First time ever, 24 carries, okay? Yep. This was also the first game in his career he's never had a single target. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of this means. I just thought, thought it was interesting. It could mean absolutely nothing. Putting it out there, do with the information with what you will. He's still the best. I fucking love Kamara. Beautiful, man. Franco's next five weeks. If he's wondering and listening, which I doubt he is, but if he is, If he's wondering why I didn't want his second round pick, Mm. this is why. Here's his next five weeks. Nick, Ryan, Mike, Rich, Dan. There are not many weak teams statistically in this league right now, but on paper to me, that looks like a murderer's row. And Franco currently has one win, which means if he doesn't win at least two of those games, Mm -hmm. he is in a position where he is out of the playoffs and his season is potentially over. I don't want his second round pick if he's going to be the 17th or 18th overall pick. So I digress there. Mm -hmm. We need to move on to Janera, who did get the win this week and is now won two in a row. Big for the power rankings. We'll get to that later. It was a scary day, maybe, though, Tones, for some guys on his roster. He had some injuries. Yeah, Amari Cooper was on the sidelines at one point. No helmet. Looked like he had the look. You know, you know that look. You might not. I surely know it extremely well. I'm very, very attuned with injuries here. The guy looked like he was not coming back in the game. And it was very early. I think it was first or second quarter. And it was like, shit, here it is. Here's the nagging injury that's going to last all year with Cooper. But thankfully, he comes back into the game from that hammy injury 
three for 69 scores the big play touchdown it was nice. a beautiful catch um so i think all is well with cooper he's probably not going to practice a couple times this week but i think he's going to be fine but big big Wusa moment there for crg Wusa has a big theme on this year's pod it is because everyone's so stressed after the year of covid <laughs> that we just need to breathe a little bit yep something else to keep in mind is well actually it's two guys in his backfield we'll start with joe mixon joe mixon again getting hurt um Got his 13 points in, which is really nice. Originally, Mixon was called week to week. Now, apparently, Yahoo's telling me that Zach Taylor is being called. uh, Sorry, Zach Taylor is saying Mixon is day to day. So I'm not really sure where this injury goes, but Mixon may or may not play against Green Bay. Mixon was a guy who last year, the Bengals really never even told us what was wrong with him. He was just out for a long period of time, which means Zach Taylor also doesn't care about your fantasy team. I'm not sure what to make of it there. And something that I completely missed when I was doing my research on this matchup tones is Chris Carson. Carson, who finished with 13 rushes for 30 yards, finished with 3.6 points, and he didn't practice on Tuesday because of a neck injury. They play Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what Janera is going to do. His entire backfield may very well be missing, and he's left with Damian Harris and Kareem Hunt, hmm. which, oh, and James Conner, which is fine, but it's not your RB1 and RB2. So ugly stuff there. I also want to talk about Gennaro's receivers, because as we talk about a team who's won two straight, there seems to be a lot of negative energy with them right now. And Devontae Adams and Calvin Ridley, they've combined for two touchdowns through four weeks. That is eight total games and two touchdowns combined. Does that turn around? I don't know. I look to you for answers here because it's it's a it's a guy it's two guys that we thought would be within the top five of wide receiver points this season, and it's not there right now. Yeah, it's not. Um, I couldn't be less worried about Adams. I really just couldn't. He's Devontae Adams. He's going to be fine. That team's going to get rolling. Uh, it's still early season. Aaron Rodgers. He's probably been checked out for a month and a half, but now the season's here. He's going to get going. It's fine. Ridley. I'm starting to get a little nervous about the targets are there but they're like is there such thing as like empty targets or like targets that just don't matter as much when it goes ob over a guy's right. head that's a target. that's kind of what i mean like it's just like i feel like there's valuable targets and there's non-valuable targets amari cooper has valuable targets right a lot of times it has a chance to go for six because that offense is really good Dak's really good all things are clicking there matt ryan's fucking washed that offense is a mess they're almost never in the red zone if Ridley, if all you have to do to defend this team is just bracket Ridley, make sure he doesn't beat you over the top and you're fucking chilling. I do think better days are going to be ahead for this guy, but I'm just not like we said it last week. I just don't think he's going to be that top five league winning monster that we thought he was going to be. Um, that's a real shame. But it's it's weird because the targets reception, you look at it all. It's there like like two weeks ago, 11 for eight and 61 like. That sucks. Like that last year was 11 for eight and 120. You know what I'm trying to say? Like the big play was there and it just hasn't been there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I want to go back to Adams for a sec because I do agree with all everything you said. But my further point to Adams, eight points, 16, 25, nine. His targets are through the roof. He Mm -hmm. has 29 targets in his last two weeks. And here are his matchups. New Orleans, Detroit is shitty. San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Defensive, those are those are kind of tough defensive yeah, matchups. Two out of four are pretty solid right you there. You know, yeah. and and there is a tough schedule here, but he does have softer matchups later, including Arizona, uh, Kansas City, Seattle, Minnesota. Like there are games coming and he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you there. And I think the Ridley situation is just kind of sad because it is. Ryan it is, is so washed up. It is sad. Um all right, let's do the next one here. Mike Dotto. We're going to say his name this week. Mike Dotto defeating Dan. These boys are both 2-2. Two and two. 126 to 116 is the final. Mike needed three points from Waller on Monday night. It got dicey though, Doris, didn't it? It did. I don't think he had any catches in the first half. I don't recall fully because I was texting four different people trying to make deals. <laughs> but it didn't look good. The Raiders offense didn't look good. He does end up though with 13 points. Gets what he needed. Do you want to talk about Mike's lineup or do you want to talk about Mike's money? I'm uh it's time to talk about Mike's money. I'm going to talk about Mike's money. Go ahead. Okay. Mike's been number 1 chirping me for spending big on Fab 2 years in a row. 2 years in a row. It's not how you do it. It's not how you do it. All right. Here's how not to do it. Here's Mike Dotto's Fab deep dive. You ready for this? Yep. $17 on Christian Kirk. He's never started him before this week. This week, whopping 1 point. Great. $12 on Mark Ingram. After week one, Watch never it. started. Don't think he's on his team anymore. 12 bucks. This is a big one. Cordell Patterson, 
Never started. Why? He's the, air quotes, RB3 this year because he's a fucking receiver, but he's also a running back. It's fucking weird. But like the guy's been putting up numbers and this is the thing. I wouldn't be saying this if Mike himself didn't say two weeks ago, this guy's going to win me weeks. Watch, watch. I'm watching, man. I'm watching him collect points that don't matter on your bench. It doesn't count. So what? $2 on Las Vegas' defense. He started him week three, five points. $2 on the Saints D. Now, this is the weird one. This is this week. He already had the Bills defense going against Houston, which every weekly ranking had as the number one play this week. The Bills defense went off. And I get it. The Saints were going up against the fucking Giants. I thought that was going to be a blowout. Everybody else thought that was going to be a blowout, but the fucking Bills were going to smash Houston. That was a lock. It was 40 to fucking nothing. Give me a break. Why did you need to spend two? I know it's only two bucks, whatever, but why? What's the fucking point? You're just throwing money away. And then the, this is just funny. $1 on McMahon has started in week four, one point. Mike has $54 left. And in terms of production so far this season, not much to show for it. And this is all to say, I would rather spend $52 on a starting running back in the NFL than fucking $44 on five guys, four of which are shit and are off my lineup, two of which are fucking defenses that don't matter, and then maybe one guy who's half decent. Like, that's it. It's as simple as that. There's multiple ways to spend your money. What? Skip. Go, say Skip it. is back. Skip Tones. Let's go. Skip is Woo! back. That was that was a dive. You called it a deep dive, and it was a deep dive. Oh, that's so not good. To recap, Mike has fifty four dollars remaining. Tones has forty dollars remaining. It's pretty. It's pretty much the same at this point. We're fucking feisty today. Yeah, we're feisty. I'm this this pause to me. stir it up. I am only feisty because I was attacked as if I'm a bad person. <laughs> like I personally wronged different people in my trade negotiations. I did nothing wrong. I was just trying to make deals. Anyway. I got to shout out the kickers because you mentioned the kickers. So here's some kicker information mm-hmm. for Mike Dotto. Here's his kicker output. Week one, one point. Dropped Graham Gano, who then puts up 23 the next week. Week two, seven points from his kicker. Week three, three points. Week one, one point. Mike is the worst kicker streamer in the league. But, Tones, Remember Graham Gano? I do. I do have to shout out Mike's random wide receiver corpse Big because time. they have been putting up impressive numbers and he does deserve this. He didn't make a selection, and correct me if I'm wrong, until the sixth or seventh round. And he makes... Fifth, I think. Okay. He makes selections including... Devonta Smith, who we had major question marks coming in this year. Bollywood Brown, who has actually been more been Hollywood amazing. than anything, even though he's dropping. Yep. Okay. He's been great. And Darnell Mooney, who like I know is another guy who's not really in his lineup, but the guy puts up 125 this week. Mm-hmm. 16 points. There are guys here. Marvin Jones has been okay. So Mike has pieced together some receivers, and I'm assuming at some point he will buy to in- improve these guys, but they have actually made it work so far. Mike and Nikki's little research sessions, 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 two weeks before the draft uh, seem to have paid off. They hit on some late round guys and it's pretty impressive as a guy who had to do the same thing and did not hit. It's yeah, good shit. Um, I have to clarify. So is it wide receiver core or corpse? I've always wondered this forever. And I just truly, I work in sports television. I still don't know how to say this. Is it both? Is it one of those things? I thought it was corpse, to be honest. And and I don't. It seems weird. I don't even know what that is because I think corpse and I think deceased. But like, I I just don't know what to say about that. Like some people would be like, oh, the Leafs corpse is like really good. Or like they spell core in a different way or something. They were like spell core corpse or something like that. I'm like, fuck is going on? Can we just have like, can the English language just simplify? Let's just make things a little easier for everyone. Thoughts? We should go back to Latin. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I, I'm going to throw it to you tones for the Eagles running back situation. And when it comes to Dan, mm-hmm. I personally am going to be very careful in how I evaluate Dan this oh week, boy. because I think I need to reach out new rivalry and give him a hug. Uh, well, there's no rivalry when I'm going to win one game this year. So I throw it to you to talk about Miles Sanders. Yes. The Eagles running back usage the last two weeks. Okay. Miles Sanders, nine carries. Kenny Gainwell, four carries in two weeks. That's not each week that is total mm. 13 total carries in the last two weeks how is that that's this isn't even a chirp on miles sanders this is nothing how do you run an offense like that it's just terrible man i had higher hopes than miles sanders 
this year. I didn't think I didn't think he'd be great, but I didn't think he'd be this fucking bad. Like this is terrible, man. You cannot start him. Uh, he's really burned Dan in his flex the last couple weeks. He's caught some balls, sure, but like six points this week, seven points the week prior, six points week two. It was looking really good after week one, but then it's just gone on a nosedive. I don't understand what this offense is. It's going to be tricky if I were to own anybody. Honestly, I think you have Kenny Gainwell, don't you? I do. I would I would rather have Gainwell at this point. It seems like he's their fucking red zone guy. He is. He's a two-minute guy as well. Um, I don't know if there's much upside in either of these guys at the moment. Yeah. A couple tough matchups in Dallas and maybe Kansas City. Like, I guess no. they're playing from behind tones is the only reason why I would say that Sanders hasn't been used. But if he they catches like, passes. I know. It's weird. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. All I knew coming into this season is that Jalen Hurts was going to be like Lamar Jackson in that he was going to take touchdowns away from mm-hmm. guys like Miles Sanders, which is why I didn't want to draft him. But the usage in the last couple of weeks has been like beyond strange. Um, And I don't really know what to make of it. I haven't been watching any Eagles, so I can't really comment on it. I don't know. I just like having an upside guy in Gainwell. I don't know what to expect out of him. Yeah. But this team is very strange. The usage is just very weird. Um, We're going to keep picking on Dan here. Wow, Dan's going to hate this pod. I love it. Um, Week one, 175 points. We thought he was a juggernaut. It was him and Ryan. Look the fuck out. Since then, 135, beating, winning in week two. That's great. 78 now 116 it's kind of going down and maybe that 175 maybe our bar was a little too high after that maybe if that was like 125 we wouldn't be talking about this but like has his team peaked already like we're just talking about he has a flex problem he's kind of an injury away from being like oh shit like now what you know what i mean and i don't know i don't know if he wants to toil in the middle like he did last year every team has a big week every year where they put up an incredible amount of points dan's was week one Mm -hmm. 175 is hard to replicate we've seen that it's hard to replicate even through the last three three weeks since then i'll say this about dan he would have won this week with Corey davis in his lineup a guy Mm -hmm. who kind of wronged him last week so he takes him out instead he puts guys like deontay johnson great move 19 points Terry McLaurin was insane. He's locked in wide receiver one. Odell is the question mark for me because Miles Sanders in the flex looked really good on paper against KC. I understand that. Odell puts up four. So if you swap out Odell for Corey Davis, which I guess in hindsight is an easy thing to do. Okay. Like I understand that. In the moment. But the difference of 15 and and my point that I'm trying to make is the difference of 15 points makes Dan three and one. We don't have this conversation if he beats Mike and Mm -hmm. Mike certainly isn't as confident about his team because he would be one and three. It's that simple roster decision that sparks a new conversation. We can be legitimately worried about a guy like Miles Sanders, but I do think that Dan still has the capacity, the capability to put up points with these guys and on top of that tones with kyler murray as his quarterback you never know when he's going to put up 30 or more he's just that guy he saved weeks for you last he won three matchups for you so i don't know where it's gonna go with dan but i know that i'm not worried and i hope that he is okay with it's a great point it's the same that's happened a couple times like for me sterling shepherd over elijah Moore of a sterling shepherd week one that's a win instead right those little decisions could be the difference 100 it's a good point so i'm now less worried about dan's team listen i'm two and two if i plug in trey sermon instead of mike davis and i don't know if i sell this week right i don't know if i'm in this position the butterfly effect of home Home oh we didn't do that that's okay we just didn't know i'm gonna move on tones to Ryan, who kicked your butt, uh, oh, yeah. but not too... Not bad, not, not bad. Not in a Ryan fashion, bad. you know? <laughs> Ryan moves to three and one, you fall to one and three, and you traded for DJ Moore. So we already talked about that. 117 to 95, mm. Tones. That is not a big score, but you're sub 100. So eh. you go, you're up seven heading into Monday Night Football, and you have your boy Brian Edwards <laughs> versus Austin Eckler Gone. and Dropped. Daniel Carlson. I was not shocked whatsoever with the result. No. But Brian Edwards without even a catch until the fourth quarter, I believe. We mentioned it earlier that Austin Eckler gets an honorable mention, mention excuse me, for the Jennings because of the incredible week. And in fact, he was the difference in this matchup. Mm-hmm. 28 points, 117 on the ground, a receiving touchdown, and multiple receiving yards that Yahoo won't show us. But it is a subpar week for Ryan. He gets a cheapie. But he does it against your squad, which was literally in shambles. Oh, my God, man. The, like, duct tape squad this week is uh, putting it lightly. This was a shit show. I had A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Sterling Shepard, Elijah Mitchell all out. I had to start Marquez Calloway, Brian Edwards, and Zach Moss, who I was actually very happy to start. They all combined for 21 points. Um, yeah, Edwards, I couldn't have dropped him fast enough. 
Couldn't have dropped. What a shame. So talented. Just fuck, man. Just in the wrong spot. It's, an, it's really unfortunate. Raiders offense is tough. It, it is unfortunate when you know a guy has so much talent and it just he's not used properly. I think it's even more disappointing because you go into a primetime game with a good matchup on paper that has such high hopes. There is a 50 minute delay yeah. and then your guy doesn't catch a pass until the last four minutes of the game. It's kind of just a letdown it while is. Eckler is. is doing what he's doing. It's kind of annoying because I at least thought Oakland was going to be behind in this game at some like. It was, it was either going to be a shootout or they'd be down and they'd fucking be chucking it up. And I thought it was either going to be Waller or this guy that was going to go big. But We don't anyway. have too much to say about Ryan this week, but I will get to that in a moment because first I want to ask some questions from you. And I have some questions about a couple of your players, guys that you have a lot of stock in, especially if you're making first round pick trades for DJ Moore, hoping to elevate your squad. The first question I have is Tyler Lockett versus DK Metcalf because we mentioned on the pod, I think it was two weeks ago, I had said to you, you know, we could easily see a swap here of Tyler Lockett to DK. DK hadn't been really involved the way that we thought he was going to. And although they have a new passing attack in Seattle, I'm thinking it has to switch eventually. Does it? And it does. Lockett the past couple weeks has fallen off while DK has stepped up and he's been catching the touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Why can't Russ just throw to two receivers in a game? (laughs) I don't understand, but it feels like every year now we get this where one is good and one is really not so good. The pace in which their offense has been operating the last two weeks has been concerning. It's fallen back to what they did last year, but I am... Holding out hope that this is just early season, new offense, still working out the kinks kind of stuff. And when the game kind of get weirds or out of weirder out of hand, let's revert back to what we know. Um, I I'm not really that worried about Lockett. This is my I said it already. I'm not going to dive into it again. I my big epiphany this year in doing research this offseason was that pretty much every wide receiver is inconsistent. Doesn't matter who the fuck you are. Mike Williams had a terrible week this week. Cooper Cup had a down week this week. Like it like this shit happens. Like it, I don't care who you are, really. Um the thing I love about Lockett is he's going to give you 25 fucking points some weeks and he's going to literally single-handedly win you the week. So I'm not that worried. I think this offense is going to get there. I've liked what I saw early in the season for the first couple weeks. Since then, it's been a little bit disappointing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be lying if I wasn't like 10% worried about Lockett being what he was last year. But I don't know. I'm not not that concerned. So not yet. In line with what you just said about Lockett, I think you kind of probably answered the next question I was going to ask you, which is about Aaron Jones. Oh, And Aaron Jones is a guy who I know has all the talent in the world in an offense that puts up points, and we know what he's capable of. Look at week two, 38 and a half points, and he had four touchdowns on the week that you manifested his success. Mm. But we see the following stat line literally every year out of Aaron Jones, who is an RB1 at the end of the year. Three, 38, 16, 9. Those are his point totals. Next week, he could have 24, and the week after, he could have 7. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we do see a lot of this from Aaron Jones. And I'm wondering if, much like Lockett, this production out of your RB1 is frustrating for you. Um, no. Sometimes it can be when it's a really great matchup, but, like, I actually watch the games on Sunday, and, like, Sometimes, especially with running backs, game script fucks you up like it just does. And that game, they were up huge. They were smashing the Steelers. I know the final score is only like 13 points or something, but they were killing them and they didn't need to run them in there. Why risk the injury? I was perfectly fine seeing uh, what's his name? Who's the fucking quad guy? Yeah. AJ Dillon in the game, like, good, rest up, buddy. I'm good with it. The part that pissed me off, he had 11 points, then he fumbles. And I'm like, come on, really? Like, there's been so many fumbles this year. It's so strange. But Aaron Jones' usage has actually been significantly up compared to years prior. It's been like in the 70s in terms of snap share, Mm -hmm. and he's getting all the red zone looks. I don't know how I feel about that because I'm not sure he'll make it through the season unscathed. So I'm kind of like, man, like, maybe they should work in AJ Dillon a little more. But I, man... There were a lot of guys, good running backs that end up with 11, 13 points, nine points here and there. It's the threes that really suck. But like that New Orleans game was a shit show, man. They were out of that. He was they benched the whole team like 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Yep. So, you know, shit happens. But I, I'm not worried. I think Aaron Jones is on his way. To, he's like the, currently the RB three. I think he's fucking fine. And not I agree with all that you said. And I'm glad you made the points that you did, because I thought coming into this year, this would be Aaron Jones's career year yeah. because no Jamal Williams and He's ready. He's, he's ready why I'm buying, out. man. He's why I'm buying. Like yeah. he's if if he if some some if he carries me to the promised land, we're fucking grooving, man. Yeah. 
Um, I'll let you talk about Ryan for a second yes. this week. So here's why I thought I semi had a chance this week, even though I probably shouldn't have. Ryan had some tough matchups, man. He had DeAndre Hopkins, who was getting Jalen Ramsey, and is also banged up. Prescott and Lamb were going against a tough Carolina defense. Plus a banged up Kittle who was like really, truly questionable. And then he played, dropped a touchdown, um, should have had one there. And then Henderson, who was kind of banged up as well. So if I'm Ryan, I'm not sweating this low point total, like what, 117 points this week? Correct. Like that's not what Ryan's typically used to putting up so far this season. I think that's going to bounce back perfectly well next week with 130 plus and it will bounce back because now he has Mike Davis oh, in his God. team, which is a great addition for Ryan. Congratulations on Mike Davis. Oh, he's so bad. Tones, Ryan does fall out of first place because we have a new points leader. Unbelievable. That man is Nick Dotto. Nick, who moves to three and one as he defeats me. I am now one and three and probably will not win another game this season. 144 <laughs> to 102. 144 to 102. Mike Williams at like two points, 144. Give me a fucking break. We got to echo what Rob said. We got to we got to do it. We Rob said it. We're going to repeat it here in case you missed it because it's worth saying twice. What he is doing, Nicholas Paul Dotto. I don't know if that's his middle name. I assume every Dotto's middle name is Paul. Sure. We'll just um, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually nuts what this guy's doing right now. I don't know if he's the luckiest fantasy player in the world. I don't know if he's the smartest. I'm leaning towards smart based on the fact that he's done this multiple years in a row. This team, no CMC, zero picks. My guy's dropping a buck 44. No McCaffrey. Oh, well, Mike Williams has been his key to success this year. Ah, no problem. Two points. Tyree Kill's just going to take care of business. Remember that guy? He's pretty good, too. Justin Jefferson, you're worried about him week one? Nah, he's fine. Here's fucking 17 points. Like, it's unbelievable. This guy is just, he finds a way. It's nuts. Tyree kills 42, super inflate this total, okay? Let's take 30 away from Tyree Kill, and he has 114. Now, he still wins. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand that the 144 looks great on paper. I, I'm trying my hardest not to totally discount it here, but 42 points from any week is so rare that, of course, you're going to have a total that that's, that's that high. We can't discredit it, though, because this is like Aaron Jones. Tyree Kill is always capable of these. He's always due for like, if this is 42 points out of fucking, some, like who, Chuba Hubbard, you're like, yeah, okay, give me a fucking break. But this is Tyree Kill, man. This guy's fucking amazing. This is why he's the number one wide receiver taken every year, like he can do this and will probably do it again. So I think it's less fluky. And last week, 29 points Ridiculous. out of Mike Will, 30 out of Justin Herbert, 22 out of Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, the Mike Will pick has really made a difference for him. Jefferson was a great keeper decision, which yeah. we questioned, and Herbert was a great late round pick. He's just made a couple shrewd moves that have really elevated that point total and have put him where he is right now, which, as we said, is incredibly impressive it was like we said an honorable mention for Tyree Kill but when you crush somebody for the Jennings I'm sorry mm-hmm. but when you destroy someone as bad yeah. as he destroyed me it really doesn't matter you could take him actually out of his lineup and he still wins this week altogether. yeah easily um, um talk to me about Tyson Williams Tyson inactive I did some digging because I was super bored at work today trying to find out why the fuck this man was scratched watching games I wasn't all that impressed. He just looked like the definition of like an average guy. Dan points out he had a six yards per carry or something like that right now. And I'm like, really? Look it up. I'm like, okay, it's a small sample size. Like that can be a little weird, but like, wow, six yards per carry is not, can't ignore it. It's kind of weird. There was no real explanation. The offensive coordinator, I forget his name, but like he just came out and said like, yeah, like you just, yeah, I don't know. He had some like lame kind of quote that was, he just didn't, wasn't like, a glowing endorsement of the kid. It just seemed really weird. Like, I don't really understand why, but I don't know. Benching Tyson. Did he drop him? Did he drop Tyson? I don't know if he did. We should probably know this. We should probably. I mean, whatever. It's been a busy week. I mean, he did pick up Latavius Murray again. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it was. I I knew there was a move made. I don't think he dropped Tyson. And Nick has said it himself. He came actually on this program and said it himself in that Tyson is not really protecting in passing situations mm. very well, and they're not liking that. So maybe until he gets more up to speed in that, improves, or does something else that really catches the coach's attention, maybe he's just kind of the odd man out, which yeah. for Nick is unfortunate because I know how much he, he cared about this man. Um, Let's go to your side of things. Last man do, standing. Do we have to? Yeah, we sure do, buddy. You're a team in this league, unless, right. uh, unless we might dotto you. 
The thing to talk about here is Allen Robinson, last man standing here with Justin Fields. Three for three, three targets, three receptions, 63 yards, no tutty. Is it time to be worried about A-Rob? It can't be any worse than it is right now, right? Three of his, like, two of his four matchups, Rams, Browns. I mean, those are tough. tough on the road against two really good teams. I mean, he put up six and a half points against Jalen Ramsey on 11 targets, so there's that. I mean... It's really hard to make excuses for the Bears offense right now, and I'm not going to. The quarterback play has not been good. Matt Nagy, more than anything, is a complete wash of a head coach. And I hope that they fire him after week nine at Pitt, go into the bye, and come back with someone. I know Allen Robinson is talented. I know that Justin Fields is talented, Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that connection can be something special at some point soon. Should I be worried? I don't know, Tones. I'm checked out of fantasy football now. I've made my trades. I'm good. I'm chilling. I You're don't really exhausted care. right now. Your eyes. I wish you guys could see Doria's eyes right now. My man needs a nap. I just need to get rid of my fantasy football team, man. You I got to get rid of it. Someone it. else has got to take it. I'll just run the league on the side. I'll collect paychecks. You know, it'll be, that'll just be it. But yeah, man, I'm not in all seriousness. I'm not all that concerned because I don't think it can get any worse than it can right now. But it, like I said last week about other thoughts, it could still be bad. My general thoughts, tones right now is that other than me, my God, this league is really competitive right now. Very. It is very close, which is why it makes our next segment so hard to do. Oh. And tones, what do we got? That's right, boys and girls. Girls being Mike. Power rankings! Let's go, baby! Now, early in the season tones means a lot of the standings may reflect some of the things that we see, but if they don't, we'll explain why. So let's start at number 10. And this was set in stone before I made a flurry of deals tonight. It's me. I'm 10. Let's move on. Somehow I'm 9. And I say somehow because I just gave up a first-round pick. What the fuck am I doing? You have... (laughs) You have 13 fewer points for than me. You have $50 fewer than me. Nuts. And we both lost two games in a row. <laughs> I'm only last because I sold everything, but you are definitely in ninth. Dude's practice this week. We're trending up. That's it. It's a slow bar on my squad. Hey, just practice on Wednesday. That's all I need. That's all I need. And it's a dub this week. <laughs> now, I don't know if I just said this, but I'll reiterate it. I'm in ninth place right now. Yeah. I'm not actually in last. Has there a, been a last place? Did Dan do this last year where he was last and then was like flipping picks? I know yeah. he was down there. Yeah. But like a first, I don't I'm kind of hoping I'm like the first last place team to give up a first. That's a lot of things that just happened in that sentence. Um, <laughs> It'll be fun to see. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Man, this could be a huge mistake. Anyway, let's move on. Number eight. The next seller, it's Franco. Um, Ooh, proclamation. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it just seems like a top heavy team. Um, I don't think he has the depth. He's going to be having to make lineup decisions each and every week. You got to get him right or else you're in trouble. And going up against these other teams that are slowly becoming juggernauts, it's going to be tougher and tougher for Franco, I think. Longest active losing streak in the league is three losses in a row. That's Franco after he won week one. This is an easy decision for the eighth spot in the power rankings. And number seven is Genera, a guy mm-hmm. who has won two in a row, which other people have in the league as well. And that's all well and good for him after the 0-2 start. However, we mentioned the injuries. We mentioned Devontae Adams and Calvin Ridley really not living up to the hype right now. And I truthfully don't even know who his backfield is, what it's going to look like in week five. Um, he's got Rob. And that's a tough look. So this is why Christian comes in to seventh in our power rankings this week. Number six, Dan the man. Probably not where he wants to be. Probably not where he thought he'd be after week one, that's for sure. But he is slipping. That can definitely change in, what, four weeks next time we do this? Wouldn't be surprised if he's third. Wouldn't be surprised if he's last. It's back-to-back losses for Dan, and we know how aggressive he was with me trying to get players off of myself. And who knows? He's probably blowing up the chat right now and trying to figure out who he can trade for. I'm sure he will make some moves. Number five is Mike Dotto. Mike has won one his he won his last game. Mm-hmm. Mike has put up some points this year in numbers and although he should have lost to Dan this week because of the roster decision that Dan made, he doesn't. And Mike's RB duo is legit. 
and it leaves him with a lot of room for error elsewhere, which I'm sure he'll be looking to shore up if he does want to make some moves. His week five is Utones, a team coming off of many injuries, and then he's got me and Franco. So Mike is kind of in a position right now where he can rattle off a couple or a few of his next three games, and he can really elevate himself in this league. That's where we've got Mike Dotto. Number four, no, yeah, four is Richard Ben. Uh, The defending champ is off the podium. Um, What do we like about Rich? I think he made the move for Godwin. I like that a lot. I think that's trending up. Yeah. Um, I think the best days are ahead for Jonathan Taylor still. He had a really nice Sunday. Had a nice run. Scored that touchdown. It was beautiful looking. I'm still a little worried about the usage, but like ultimately I just, you got to bet on young talent, right? And that guy is just going to emerge at some point. Um, So I like where his squad's heading. I think it's, I think it's going up. We haven't seen the best out of Diggs yet either. That's very true. Diggs is the X factor that will come into play later. Um, Number three is Rob. Uh, Rob put up 143 two weeks ago. He put up 144 this week. Saquon is back. Uh, Clyde is off the wash list, watch list. (laughs) I can't believe we're saying that. Which is so much harder to say when it's not in front of me in writing, which I usually have sometimes. But Rob is in a very good position right now, and he's very confident in chats with him trying to make deals. He's very content with where he's at, and he will make moves as needed, but he doesn't feel like the time is now. He's got Genera this week, a team that's kind of hurt. So Rob comes in at number three. Number two is Nick. I can't believe it. Chuba Hubbard, Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray. That's who he's got in his starting lineup going into this week at running back. I'm the guy who thinks running backs are the key to victory in this league. What the fuck do I know? Look at these three guys. But somehow, Nick has the magic fantasy dust, and I want some of it. Just give me a little bit. A little sprinkle over here. A little salt bay over here. He's amazing. I don't know. There's not much else to say. He's a fucking freak. Number one. He doesn't have the most points for in the league. He doesn't even have the most points per week anymore because of Nick. But I really like the direction that Ryan's team is going in. He is stacked at every position and we know that. And his dud this week is actually what kind of knocks him out um, a little bit to me. But he's still number one, right? Nick Maybe the trend is in Nick's favor, but you really take this week as kind of a throwaway for Ryan. We made the cases in his matchup as to why he is very, very set for the foreseeable future. And more than anything, Tones, he now has Mike Davis. Yep. (laughs) Mike fucking Davis. The key to victory in this league is Mike Davis. All right, Doris. We're almost there, buddy. We're almost there. Marquee matchups. Who you got? I've got Rob versus Janera. Rob can potentially get to first place in the league, depending on points for and how other guys do. And a CRG loss on the other side of the equation would mean a devastating start for him because he's got Nick and Ryan up next on his sked. So yes, the record looks okay right now and he's won two in a row and that's fine, but it would be really disappointing for Genera to lose the next couple. I don't know what's going to happen. He's got to win these games. All right, I got Rich and Dan, a battle of two and two teams. The loser falling to two and three. Obviously, that's what happens when you lose and you're two and two. Um, that might trigger one of two things. Full panic mode, which means full angry buying. Just being like, fuck it. Here's throw picks at the problem and hope it works like me. Or you're just saying, mm, I got to sell. It's time, it's, time to, it's time to ship off some dudes. See what I can MacGyver, maybe do some player for player deals, shake it up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The big questions here for this week in terms of actual lineup decisions, major flex questions. We already touched on it. Do you still roll with Miles Sanders if you're Dan? And then no Monty for Rich is a big deal. He's had him locked into his flex all season long. Now what? It's Godwin, right? It's got to be. It's got to be Godwin. It's got to be Godwin, which is going to make Dan very unhappy, which means the drama between Dan and I will continue when he looks at his matchup Wednesday morning against Rich and is very upset about it. I feel like we need a detailed like essay in the chat of this drama. I'm so tired. I need to put my phone on airplane mode for the next 24 hours and just disconnect. And you know what's funny, Tones, about this whole thing is I complained so much last year about the fact that trade Mageddon happened and I was basically worked to the bone like a like a slave here, okay? And and now, fast forward, I did it to myself. But Tones, I did it so that I would be done. Mm. And it is. It, it is, is done. And there may be trades to make moving forward, but the giving tree has given. Mm. And you are but a weed. And I and I yeah, I am definitely a weed waiting to just be plucked. 
Um, quick tones. I got to mention this before we sign off for the week. Squid Games. Oh, blew up. Have you watched it yet? No, I have not. Oh, it's it'll probably, so good. You know me. It'll probably take me two years to watch this fair show. Fair enough. Um, and I also don't want to have nightmares because I'm a big baby. It's but, not that bad. It's not that bad. Okay, that's fair. Um, for the record, subtitles overdubbed any day of the week. Yeah, agreed. You must watch it with the authentic actors or else what's the point? You're taking away from the quality of the show, no doubt. But my opinion is void because I'm not going to watch it for three years anyway. <laughs> Tones, you posed a question. I want to hear it. Out of our league, who do you think has the best chance, the Vegas odds on winner to be the winner of the Squid Games if we all had to play each other? Who would win Squid Games in our league? I don't know why I overcomplicated that question. There's two, there's two approaches here that I want to go for. Uh-huh. One is, do we just give it to the guys who win all the time? Like, would Dan or Nick be the most successful nah. because they find ways to win? Or is Mike Dotto Ooh. one of the low-key, like, street smartest guys in our entire league? Would he just find a way to survive? And Mike Dotto was a survivor. If you look at how he's built himself in his career and his life, the way he sets himself up for success, he manifests mm. his, his, his success you know, I just feel like he would go into that like shooting gallery and be like, I'm not going to die today. And he just wouldn't die that day. You need to be ruthless. You need to be smart. Um, you need to be, I don't know, the guy, I'm not going to spoil it, but like kindness does fucking work sort of. Um, but ultimately you got to be an asshole. Oh. You got to just be like, you got to have that killer instinct. Right. Asshole's bad. Asshole's bad. You got to have the killer instinct. That's kind of what I'm going for here. Dan's got the killer instinct. Mm. That guy wants to win. He will do anything it takes to win. He will trade his whole draft to win. He's going to go do it. And it's that, him or Nick, I think. Well, it's obvious. And, and that can be your choice. In fact, all of the reasons that you just said are why I'm picking Mike is because he's ruthless. He can mm. be an asshole, especially to me in the chat lately. Wow. It's just complete dick. And that's fine. Whoa. I get it. He knows he's getting under my skin and it's funny and it's cool. Like it, it is what it is. But because of all those reasons. Oh, we're just airing shit out today. Oh he, my God. He would definitely win this fake Hunger Games squid game thing. Right? All right. <laughs> That's just no, no squids are involved in this games. I just started watching Drive to Survive. Um, oh, and Tones, it's taken adventure. me three years. So in 2025, I will give you my IMDb out of five star review of the Squid I Games. Pro- oh, okay. Get to Squid Games early because you're going to burn through Formula One because it's that fucking good. Tones, it's Tuesday night. This is going to come out in a couple of hours, which means it'll officially be Wednesday, which means it's officially week five. And I'm cooked, man. <laughs>